0: we We're yeah.
1: morning series called Grown Ups. And we've been talking about how to grow speaking, amen, and uh, and as a, as a side bonus along the way, I've noticed that a lot of this is very applicable to your actual normal life too, so uh, if the shoe fits, wear it and do something with it, but well, we're mainly focusing on the spiritual angle of things, but a lot of this would be just really good advice, practically speaking anyway, and so we've seen some things over the last few weeks about what it takes to grow in the Lord and be a spiritual grown-up, And uh, and that's really our theme that this entire year at High Desert Word Center, our our focus verse is Colossians
2: 2.7, and it tells us to let our roots grow down into Him. And, And so
1: that's what we're doing. We're letting our roots grow deeper into the Lord, because the deeper the roots go, the stronger and taller the tree can grow. Who knows that today? Amen? If you've got these Aspirations of, of, of building a skyscraper of a life. I mean, just a tall, beautiful, impressive thing. The higher that you build the building, the deeper the foundation has to be laid and the wider it has to go or else the weight of life will crush you. And so that's our entire focus is is building our foundation and letting our roots grow down into him. And then I'm telling you, man, the sky's the limit on what the Lord can do in your life. And you're like, yeah, well, I've got some big dreams. I've been thinking of some really big stuff. Well, Ephesians 3.20 says that God is able to do exceeding and abundantly above anything that you could even ask or think and so if you think you've got some big plans for your life, God's thinking something even bigger than what you're thinking today. Am I at the right church? Because I, I, I find it something in like that good news. We're talking about the gospel today, man. Jesus loves you, and he wants you to have an incredible life. But the deal is, you've got to do it his way. Yeah, well, I kind of did my own thing and I've got my well, that turned out real great, didn't it? Come on, somebody, listen, we're talking about how you can have an incredible life, and the number one way is to absolutely do it God's way. And so, we're going to get into, uh, I, I see that I've messed the PowerPoint up again already, this is part five, the screen says it's part four, I have no idea what your outline says, but I'm pretty sure Cletus always knows, Cletus and Renee, is this part five? How long have I doing this? Okay. Okay, thank you. It is part five. I have no idea what your handout says, but correct it if it's wrong. My notes say part five, so that's good. news. All right, so here's the title today, and the title is this about being a grown-up. Grown-ups, what do they do? They stay in their lane. And that may be a phrase that you've heard a lot, you know, in our, in our day, in our modern times, but there is a lot of truth and power and freedom. So listen, you know, again, this is a phrase that we may hear a lot, but it carries some truth. If I'm driving down the road and I'm too busy focused on where everyone else is going and on what they're doing in their lane. Do you know what you do? When your eyes focus on something, when you're driving a car, the whole vehicle tends to start shifting that way. Has anyone noticed that? And so, so often there may be a maybe a wreck on the side of the road or something going on over there and everyone's staring. They don't even realize it, but their whole body, their hands and everything start to drift that way. And what do you know? When you don't stay in your lane, what happens? You get wrecked. That sounded better in my head than when it came out. But okay. But but you have a wreck. And, and and you end up uh having consequences that you never even intended to have. And and so the best part of growing up is learning how to mind your own business and fix you before you fix everybody else. Amen. 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 This is gonna be a good one, and I pray that you buckle up so you don't fall out of your seat. Let's pray one more time over this, and we're gonna get into God's word today. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, as we approach your word, I pray that we would have open hearts, soft hearts to hear and receive the word of God. But even more important than that, to actually do the word of God. Because, Lord, you told us in James 1.22, somebody that just listens to the Bible but doesn't do what it says, they're a deceived person and they bring a lot of harm into their life. And so, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name you would help us today to receive, to hear, and to do what your word says. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, can someone say amen today? Amen! Alright, let's go! Number one, talking about being a pro, not being mature. Number one, what do they do? They don't judge others. Amen. They don't judge others. My, my, my. What a verse. Uh, and so let's look at this. Luke 6 and verse 37. Luke chapter 6 and verse 37. Now, as I turn to this verse, I am going to... Very confidently say, this is probably the number one most misquoted and misunderstood verse of our generation. You don't have to agree, but that's okay. But I I, I know this much that there, if you try to use this verse to defend, you know, doing wrong, uh, then you're you're misusing it, you're misquoting it, you're misinterpreting it, and so we see people that absolutely. Fall out, do something the Bible totally says not to do. Like, hey, the Bible says judge not. Yeah, you just robbed a bank. I mean, I'm not judging, but you're gonna get judged. So there's gonna be consequences. Yeah, you can't judge. And so people misuse this verse, and 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 have really, uh, when you begin to continually misuse something, a verse or a phrase or a word, you kind of begin to uh, to to cheapen its meaning in some regards. And so. We want to use this verse, but do it in the absolute right context. And so, listen, if the Bible says something is sin, me agreeing with the Bible isn't judging you. That's just me agreeing with the Bible. And so, I also will say that 11 out of 10 people that misquote this verse can't even tell you where it's found. I've tried that, you know. I say something like, I don't judge not. That's in the Bible. Okay, well, where's it at? You don't even know. Okay, very good. All right. Now that I've got that out of the way, I can... Use this verse in the way that I want to use it. Amen. So, the words of Jesus Himself, Luke chapter six. And uh, do Pastor Dave a favor, and on your notes there, make a note to yourself with a cute little star beside it. You need to study Luke chapter six around verse thirty-one to the whole end of the chapter, probably every day for the whole summer, and that would just absolutely rock your world and change your life because this is Jesus. Some of his best teaching on How to treat other people And how to love other people And you need that, I'm telling you right now Because I need it Luke 6, verse 37 Jesus himself The words in red He said, do not judge Others and you Will not be judged Do not condemn others Or it will all come back Against you Forgive others and you Will be forgiven. I love that, man. That 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 is powerful. That's the word of God, and you maybe you've heard it so many times, but apply this to yourself because I know that as we read this verse, you're thinking about you're judging somebody else while I'm reading this right now. I see your face, and it's true. Yeah, now so and so really needs to hear this. (laughs) The medicine works best when you apply it to yourself and not to everybody else. Okay, And so as we read this, don't be judging somebody else thinking about, yeah, I'll tell you who really needs that. Judge yourself, man. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians 11. All right. Don't judge others and you won't be judged. Don't condemn others. What happens when you're the judge, jury and executioner? What happens? It all comes back against you. Forgive others. And
2: you will be
1: forgiven Now I shared a quote last week During the Mother's Day sermon That I thought was such fire That I'm going to share it again But someone said When people are right with God They are prone to be hard on themselves And easy on other people But when they are not right with God They're easy on themselves And hard on others yeah. Come on. Shall we repeat? Let's just whoop, whoop, rewind that. Someone needs to hear it again when people are right with God, they are prone to be hard on themselves and easy on other people. But when they are not right with God, they're easy on themselves and hard on others. Someone should say, "Amen." Once again, anybody that's constantly trying to, find, you know, hey Pastor, they're doing this. Hey, this is going on over there. Did you know this? And then, and then, and then, and then, and they got it, and they got it. Here's what you should do. Let's talk about you for a minute, shall we? Let's let's look in the mirror before we look out the window for a few minutes here today. Come on. Listen, we don't judge others unless we want to be judged. One time uh, someone had come to Brother Hagan and asked for his opinion on how somebody handled a certain situation where they didn't really handle it so well. He said, you don't know what you would have done if you had been in their spot. And then he said, you don't even know if you could have handled it any better than what they handled it. And so, I want to say this loud and clear to all the people that want to grow in the Lord. If you want to stay, you know, at the level you're at, then hey, this, you know, don't, don't even listen today. But if you want to grow, let me ask that. Who wants to grow in the Lord and get stronger and better? And, and I mean, listen, I'm not satisfied with where I'm at right now i got to get better. i got to get stronger. I've got more growing to do so I can be everything that Jesus told me that I'm supposed to be. And I'm not unsatisfied with where I'm at. But I'll say it loud and clear. You never know what someone else is going through. You never know. And until you've walked a mile in their shoes, it's best to keep your opinions to yourself. Only immature Babies, children, immature adults Have to go around and share their opinion About everybody else Without even taking a minute To put themselves in their shoes Hallelujah. We're talking about growing up This is stretching some people today But it's called growing pains And that's a good pain to have right there And so You never know what someone else is going through You don't know if you'd be doing any better than them If you were dealt the same hand What are we talking about? What are we even talking about? We're talking about spiritual maturity and growing up in the Lord. This is good life advice, but this is great advice if you want to be a better Christian than what you are right now. I heard one preacher say, how do you want others to judge you? Do you want them to believe good about you instead of evil? To interpret your actions in the best possible way. To really try to understand your side of the story before drawing conclusions or talking to others about you. If so, Jesus commands that you do the same for others. Amen. Are we at Luke 6 right now? Can we go back uh, to, to verse 31? This is the children in my household's theme verse for the summer, And they're hearing it every day. <laughs> Do to others as you would like them to do to you. Now, if we're talking about great levels of Christianity, that's kindergarten right there. That is not deep theology. That's not some far out. You got to have a Ph.D. and, and uh, you know, no, no, no. This is elementary kindergarten christianity you do to other people what you want them to do to you if you don't like it when somebody says that to you you don't say that to somebody else if you like it when somebody does this for you you do it for somebody else you reap what you sow amen do unto others and so there's just nothing that grinds my gears worse than somebody that is constantly going around, man, Someone so mean to me, this is going on, and blah, 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 blah. And everybody in the world can see that you are simply reaping a harvest off of the seeds that you have planted. And I'll tell you now, you will never beat God's block. Galatians 6, 9, you will always reap what you sow. Always. There's no back door. there's no shortcuts. Always And so, and again, I'm, I'm dealing with my kids a lot, you know, and so uh, they go, hey, so-and-so did this, so-and-so did, what should I do? I'm like, you don't do nothing. If they're going to treat people like that, they're going to get what's coming to them, and it's not going to have to be from me or from you. God will deal with that someday. But I refuse to be a part of it. They'll get it. Why? Because you can't escape the law. The law? What are we talking about? We're talking about God's law. You always read what you sow. What you do to other people will always of the time, end up coming around the loop and getting back at you too. And so, that could be really great news, exciting news. If you're good to other people, that's super good news. If you're bad to other people, if you judge other people, if you condemn other people, if you treat other people wrong, that's terrifying news. Because I promise, above anything else, it's going to happen to you. And then you're going to cry and say the world's unfair and everybody's mean. No, no, no. No, no, no. It's God's law. You reap what you sow 100% of the time It can't be broken and it never fails Amen. Amen. Amen I didn't plan on saying any of that Let's go down a few verses here Luke 6 verses 41 through 42 So we're talking about Spiritually growing up You stay in your lane You do you for a minute okay? Luke 6 verses 41 through 42 And then this is beautiful right here Jesus said, and why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying, hey friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye, when you can't even see past the log in your own eye? Here it is. Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. I can't tell you how many times you see somebody with a massive monumental issue, and they're totally just not even paying attention to that. Hey, she did this over here. Hey, he's doing that. I'm like, dude, that's a toothpick. You've got a telephone pole on top of your head, man. What about that? That doesn't even concern you at all? See, Do you see what Jesus was saying, man? Hypocrite. you got to deal with this thing before you can ever move forward and do anything else in life. No, 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 listen, listen. In these verses, Jesus says you can't eventually help your friend. It's not wrong to, to help somebody with the issue, but it's after you've helped yourself and dealt with you first. Why? Because at that point, you're doing it from a right heart. From a right heart. Again, I'm just, I mean, I'm just totally winging a bunch of stuff today, alright? But sometimes people go, man, Pastor Dave, you need to let me preach your sermon, I'm mad about something. I'm like, that's the wrong time to preach your sermon. You're just trying to blow up at people, not trying to help people. You know? And I mean, sometimes I probably sound pretty harsh, you know, up here, I don't know, maybe I do, maybe I don't, but I can tell you this much, I don't like to, get mad at people. That's not why a, 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 a true pastor does what they do. They do what they do because they want to help people. And I can see, man, you're and There's a semi coming. You're about to have a head on collision, dude. Get back over where you belong. You don't belong over there. And so listen, Jesus said, no, no, no deal with you first. Then you can see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. And so uh, a good man of God in the early part of Christianity, John Chrysostom, he said, correct your brother, not as an enemy or as a competitor or like handing out a penalty, but as a doctor providing medicine. Yes, and even more, as a loving brother anxious to rescue and restore. Listen, if someone's got the right heart and they want to point out something, to me, if it's from a right heart, I want to hear it, because I want to change, I do not want to be wrong, I do not want to stumble, and I'll receive that if it's from the right heart. If, if it's just someone wanting to come in and <laughs> flex on me, and they're like, I'm eh, not going to listen to you so much, because I don't respect them. Listen, out of a right heart, a Christian brother or sister can really help somebody else out. But it's after they dealt with the log in their own eyes. Jesus said, do unto others as you would like them to do unto you. Amen. And, 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 and then he said, do not judge others or you're going to get judged. Don't condemn others or it's going to all come back on you and you're going to be in a bad situation. All right. And so spiritual grown ups talking about mature Christians. Number one, they don't judge others. Can so we get an amen and all that? I didn't make that up. It's just what Jesus said. I'm simply reading the Bible today. Number two, and here's where we're really going with this whole thing. Number two, they don't compare themselves to others. Amen. They don't compare themselves to others. Has anyone you have reached a point in your life where you don't even need it? You're good. You don't have to compare it. It's mine. All right. So, i realized that I am so much happier and filled with joy when I live my life and I don't try to live your life, too. Some of you can multitask. I'm a dude, so I can. It's a scientific fact. I can do one thing at a time, and that's questionable, even at that. All right? So, I can multitask. I'm only able to handle living one life at a time. So, don't worry about me trying to live yours for you. I can't handle that. I'm trying my best to hold this thing down and not float away. So, listen, you're going to be happier and more joyful if you'll just focus on your life and not trying to live everybody else's for them. Now, great, the great president, Teddy Roosevelt, manly,
2: manly man, we call him the patron saint of manliness where I'm from, but he said that
1: comparison is the thief of joy. of joy. If you're going to live your life as constantly comparing it to everybody else's, you are not going to have joy. I'll tell you that right now. You're going to be miserable. You're going to have all sorts of issues. And so I'm going to share now four dangers of comparison. This will be the rest of the message here. Four dangers of comparison. There's probably more, but four dangers of comparison. A, letter A, you become jealous. You become Jealous,
0: And as I've said, this whole series I keep referring to children
1: because, well, they're everywhere. But I have kids, and I can tell you that this is an epic sign of immaturity. You know, you, you could have bought one kid a $10 thing one day, then the next day you buy their sibling a $5 thing. $10 kid gets jealous and mad that you bought a $5 kid, $5 thing. And parents, am I right? my yes. Thank you. Thank you. I know you. All right, here we go. Listen, isn't that crazy that, I mean, you could have bought this kid, you know, a big old, and the next day you buy the other kid a candy bar. It's not fair. Why did they get it? Dude, you got a PS5 and a big screen TV yesterday. You're jealous over a, a candy bar? And in their eyes... It totally makes sense why they should be angry. But to any mature person, you can see the level of ignorance and immaturity that's going on right there. And so an immature Christian will see God bless somebody or someone else, do something with someone else, and they burn with jealousy, but they are remembering what they got just yesterday. Think about that. Yeah, but this is going on. Don't you remember? Like last year at this time what God did for you? Don't you remember how He healed you? How He saved you? How He restored you? How He got your marriage back together? How He saved your kids? You've got a house now and you're going to be upset about that? Yeah. Yeah. and The kings of immaturity are a group of people called the Corinthians. Let's go to First Corinthians chapter 3. So we did an entire expository study last spring On the Corinthians, the Corinthian church And so they were a large church in a large city And they were epically, tragically immature And so the Apostle Paul uh, writes them a couple of letters First Corinthians, who knows what the other one was Second Corinthians Okay, That wasn't really a strict question, but praise God The more you know Alright, so 1 Corinthians chapter 3 And here's Paul talking to the They thought they had it all together They're like, bro, we speak
2: in tongues We prophesy, uh, we pray for healing And Paul's like, yeah, you get
1: drunk During communion too, so what about that? Yeah, huh? yeah. And so, I, I mean, they they thought That they were just And it's just like so many people, I know They think that spiritually they're up here And then a mature person You're like, oh, no yeah, you speak in tongues, but you also cuss in tongues and you also, you know, it's all over the place. That's not, that's not impressive. That, that doesn't impress me. So look, here's what Paul said to the Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter three, verses one through three, he says, dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. What? They were at a church, but he couldn't talk to them like the spiritual people. He said, I had to talk as though you belonged in this world or as though you were infants, little babies in Christ. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger, and you still aren't ready. Ooh, man, Paul took the gloves off. He's going at these guys. Wow. Why? Why are they so immature? Here it is, verse 3. For you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You're jealous of one another. And quarrel, you argue with each other. Doesn't that prove you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? Woo! That is really something to ponder right there. So, according to the Apostle Paul, jealousy and fighting are two of the number one signs of immaturity. Yeah, but I I memorized the whole book of Hebrews and so blah 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 blah. That's great, but until you actually do it, you're not mature. I could go read a book about nuclear physics or something, and like, hey, I read this whole thing. You still wouldn't want me having anything to do with that field, because I retained none of it, and I would be a doer of absolutely none of it. Write this verse down. James one twenty-two. you got to write this. Down. James one twenty-two. Listen, no. I'll turn it there, but write it down, because I've it five times a day. You've got to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, or else you're living a life of deception. Right? And so these people here, they thought they had it all together, and Paul is like, no, not impressed. You guys fight, you argue, you're still little babies. I have to, I, I can't even talk to you like I would to spiritual people. I gotta talk to you just like I would the people out on the street that don't even know the Lord. And I'm like, man, Paul, that is a that's a that's a hard thing to say, but it's the absolute truth. Alright? And so If you see that your neighbor or brother or sister has more than you do, don't be jealous and think they don't deserve it. They don't deserve that. No, hey, grow up. Be happy for them. And here, here's a good one: work harder if it really matters that much to you, and get nicer stuff someday. That did not go as I thought. Number okay. Um, Or you can be like most of us in the room and say, I really don't care what other people drive or wear. I'm perfectly happy with my life. Anyone else with me today? You're good. You don't need their stuff too. Amen. Hallelujah. Alright. Letter B. Let's go. talking about four dangers of comparison. A. You become jealous. B. You become unthankful. Let's unwrap this for a few minutes. Now normally we say the unthankful speech for Thanksgiving, but let's do it in May this year. I'll still do it in November, but I want to do it now too. And so... Every person that is unthankful and jealous because of what others have has someone else staring at them wishing they had their life. Yeah, that's right, you know, yeah. you're, you're looking at someone, man, they've got a big truck that I do. they've got this, and blah blah blah, and she's got this, and, and don't you know that someone's standing right over there in the corner saying, man, I wish I had what she has. She's, she's got so much better than I do. Don't you know that to me? As you begin to grow and mature, you start to realize this. But the sad thing is, is that the Apostle Paul, we haven't turned there, but 2 Corinthians 3, he said that unthankfulness would be one of the signs of the end times, believe it or not. And so people are always like, man, what are some signs of the end times? Is it nuclear war? Is it boom? Is it this? Is it Russia? Is it God? and it God? Is it China? Like, it's all those things. But hey, hold on. Here's one you should really pay attention to. A massive sign of the end times is peace ungrateful and unthankful. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, I'll just kind of quote it here, but Paul said, in the last days, people will love only themselves and their money. They'll be boastful and proud, scoffing at God. Another sign of the end times, they'll be disobedient to their parents. Wow. Kids have always done that. They've always done that, but hey, it's a lot worse than it used to be. And then he says, and they will be ungrateful. They will be ungrateful. And so I am choosing to say, Lord, I I don't want to go there. I understand that everything I have came from you, Lord. I mean, there's no way. There's nothing I have that I can't say that God blessed me with. I'm not a single thing. I want you to see a verse, Isaiah chapter 1. We will turn to this one. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 3. Because according to Scripture, Animals, farm animals, are more thankful than most of God's people are. They don't say that. That. (laughs) Bet. Isaiah one three. Let's go. Isaiah one verse three. According to Scripture, the common farm animal gives more thanks than most of God's children do. And so it says this: even an ox. Knows its owner. They, they, they at least know who's in charge of them. And a donkey. Recognizes its master's care. But Israel. or God's people. Doesn't know its master. My, this is a sad. This is a sad. Look at this. My own people don't recognize my care for them. Here you are. Complaining this. You don't have what someone else has. But you haven't even stopped to realize what God has given you. In Your Father cares about you. He has provided. You do have your needs met. Amen. Philippians 4, 19 says that God will supply all of our needs according to His riches and glory through Christ Jesus. And so, before you want to complain that somebody else got a bigger, better, shinier than you, why don't you stop and thank God for what you do have
0: right now. Because I've been
1: to Nicaragua. I've been to Russia. I've been down in remote villages of Mexico. I've been to places that would absolutely... Love to have what yes. the poorest person in Barstow has. Yes. You think I'm playing, man? I am not playing. It is crazy. When we spend that time down in Nicaragua, these little kids they come to come to the missionary's house one day a week, or the missionary goes to them. That's the one day of the week they get any meat. The rest of the week, they get maybe a bowl of rice every day and some water. And then one day a week, when the missionary Frank comes through, they get some chicken that he cooked, and they are just, like, it's a Thanksgiving feast. They're going crazy about it. Then he gives them this vitamin water in a little, like, Ziploc sandwich bag, so they cut a hole in the end of it, and they drink this vitamin water because he's trying to get vitamins into their system, too. And then here we've got kids, did you see my
0: nuggets? It's misshapen.
1: My rice was crunchy. But stop. you got to stop, please. Because I've been to these places, and so many of you, you got to help me. I don't feel sorry for you.
0: That's right. I know. I know.
1: I bought a bag of green army soldiers and took them to a village in Nicaragua. You know, about a 100 of these little plastic soldiers. To be honest, our kids get those as a stocking stuffer. They throw them to the side and head for the other stuff. I got this bag and opened it up and pulled out, and I was mauled and swarmed by a hundred little kids. They didn't didn't want the whole bag. Even little girls, they just wanted one little green army soldier, Mm because now they finally have a toy that belongs to them. America's a bad place. It's a present. Go try somewhere else, brother. (laughs) It ain't that bad. And I'm telling you right now, you better thank God for what you have.
2: You better thank God
1: Because it's probably not because you deserve it all the time By the grace of God You've got a decent life How dare you tell God it ain't good enough
2: huh. It ain't good enough That's not what I wanted That's not
1: what I said That's not good enough She's got better What kind of a mean little child Tells the father who's doing his best for you It ain't good enough Well guess what
2: Shutting the blessing off. And if if it's not good enough, then why am I going to give you anything else?
1: Oh, it's getting hot and heavy in here today. Come on. on. Who's glad they came to church? Amen. I think I'm looking forward to uh, going to the couch today. Amen. I I heard about a farmer. I read this story online. About a farmer who decided to go to church one Sunday because it fell on Christmas Day. And uh, he was a CEO Christian. Christmas and Easter only. We have some of those. from is a word center. You know, twice a year. We love them. We know when to see them. And we give them a big hug. They're, they're, they're incredible people. But he thought he was fulfilling his God obligation, paying the God tax. Well, it's Christmas. I better go to church. So he goes. And the sermon that day was based off of Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 3 where it just says, you know, that even an ox knows its owner. And even a donkey can see that its master cares for it. And so he uh, he goes back home that day And he goes out to feed the cows And one of the cows as he's feeding it Begins to lick his hand As a sign of thanks and affection That cowless old farmer Broke down crying and said My God You've done so much more for me Yet I never thank you for anything This cow here is more grateful than I am And all I ever give her is grass and water What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And I look at us, man. You gotta say, hey. To be transparent, I don't really like the dog in my house. But I'll say this much:
0: <laughs> that dog, when we bring him
1: food and water, don't get that on I mean, that I love. Like, Listen, he gives you thanks. He at least gives you a lick on the hand. He at least, well, you know, he at least says thank you in his own way yeah, you can do so much for so many other people, they don't even stop to say thank you, and hey, that's what the Bible says, man, even an animal, even an old donkey knows where its food comes from, and can at least acknowledge the master, but he says, my people, they don't even do that, they don't even recognize me, they don't even recognize where their provision and comfort comes from, and so, what we're saying, none of it's to to be a, a, a downer is to say, Let's grow up. Let's grow up. Let's get better for Jesus so he can do something through us. Let us see. What happens when we just live our lives in comparison to others? Well, here's a really bad one. Believe it or not, you become prideful. You can become prideful. And I'm going to explain this. What if you're grading your life based off of what other people are doing and you think you're doing a great job compared to them. But you're actually not doing what God called you to do. Let me explain that. Let me say that again. Because there's a lot of people that are like, yeah man, bro, I'm doing so much better. I've got so much more, so much more education. I'm so much further along. I've got so much more than this guy right here. And so, yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah, maybe in comparison to him. But what about in comparison to what God called you to do? There's a lot of people, man, you don't realize that pride can be a dangerous thing, and it comes in a lot of different forms, and it is an absolute killer. What if God called you to do something at a level 10, but you stop at a level 5 because your neighbor is at a level 4, and your only goal was to beat him and not actually fulfill God's call on your life? Is that Be honest, is that a little over your head? Is that too deep? Because you get that blank stare.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Let me repeat one more time, okay? I'm not even trying to be funny. I want to make sure you get this because this has helped change my life, all right? Listen,
2: what if God
1: called you to do something at a level 10, but you stop at level 5 because your neighbor is only at that level 4? Your only goal was to beat him and not actually do what God called you to do. So you're like, okay, mission accomplished. I make more money than my brother now. I'm good. That's all I needed. Uh-huh. Hey, I've got a bigger truck than her. I've got a bigger life. All right. Finally, I'm done. Well, no, you weren't supposed to stop there. You were supposed to keep going because God called you That's to right. a much higher level in life. And you, because of your pride, think that you have arrived. You think you've
0: arrived. All right. All right.
1: Because... You're slightly ahead of them. And that was your whole goal. Your goal wasn't to please God. Your goal was to be her. Wow. Amen.
0: Amen. That's
1: right. Alright. Luke chapter 18. Luke 18. And we're going to look at verses 10 through 14. Luke 18, 10 through 14. You want another verse to write down for your notes? Okay. Proverbs 16, 18. It says, pride comes before the ball. I'm talking about the fall time here. i talking about you falling fallen down in life. Mm-hmm. Pride comes before the fall. Proverbs 16, 18. We're in Luke this morning. Luke chapter 18. Amen. We still having a good time? Hey. Hey. hey, we're trying to grow. That is simply all that we're doing. We're trying to grow. And to grow means I have to stretch. And to grow means I've got to get a little uncomfortable sometimes. But the payoff is worth it when I'm better, and I'm stronger, and I'm further along, and I'm a mature Christian in life. Who wants to grow up spiritually? Luke 18, and we're going to look here at verses 10 through 14. And so Jesus tells this story. He says, two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee. So this is a guy that just thought he had it all together. And the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer.
2: I thank you, God, that I am not like other people,
1: cheaters, sinners, adulterers, and I'm certainly not like that tax collector over there. Anyone else ever witnessed somebody praying, but they say it out loud because they really want you to hear it? Mm-hmm. I have, yeah. I don't think God likes that prayer so much. Verse 12, he says, <clears throat> again, he's talking to God, but clearly so everybody else can see. I fast twice a week, and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. Jesus says, I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisees, Return home justified before God. Why? For those who exalt themselves will be humble. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now, not to sound gangsta. But Jesus invented the phrase, stay humble or get humble. <laughs> Listen, you better check yourself. Listen, stay humble or you will get humble. It's not going to be pretty. But Jesus said right there, man, those who humble themselves will be exalted. But those who exalt themselves, the Pharisee, he wasn't comparing himself to God's standard. He was comparing himself to the other person. And that's pride. And that will bring destruction and a great big fall in your life. Yeah, well, it's not going to happen to me. I'm telling you, man, you can't break God's laws. There are certain laws. I'm going to have to preach a sermon on this too. There are laws set into motion, spiritual laws, that you are not above them and you cannot break them. One of them is you will always reap what you sow. And and one of them is this, you better humble yourself or you're going to get humbled. The words of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, let's go to letter D. Amen? Letter D. What happens when I live my life just comparing it to others all the time? D. D. You don't fulfill your own calling. You don't fulfill your own calling. I heard somebody say this uh, after living a life of comparison. He said, after so many years of struggling to keep up with you, I finally realized we're not even running the same race. So many times, so many people, they're going to come to the finish line of life. And realize they struggled for years trying to beat somebody else And realize, wait a minute We weren't even in the same race This person was called to do this And I wasn't even called to that And here I was trying to beat them And so I know this much That if I'm so busy Focused on your race I'll never finish mine The final verses I want to look at today Are in John chapter 21 And these are some more that I have to remind the kids of all the time. It's a story of the disciples being immature and crossing over into the other guy's lane. Specifically, uh, a story of Peter. And so, John chapter twenty-one. John chapter twenty-one. And in this story, right here, the very end, man. John chapter twenty-one. Jesus has the most serious talk he could possibly have with Peter and tells him some very important information about his future. And so Peter is having a very, very serious talk with Jesus. But Peter at the end of it, he doesn't, what does he say? He just wants to know about the other guy's life. And so John 21, verses 21 through 22. So Jesus gets done telling him, okay, Peter, I want to talk to you about this, 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 and this is going to happen in your life. And what does Peter say? Verse 21, Peter asked Jesus, okay, what about him, Lord? Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. As for you, follow me. This reminds me so much of kids and immature adults. When one gets in trouble or or has a talking to, they always ask this question. Well, what about him? Well, what what you do to her? What
2: are they going to get?
1: And I always say, that's none of your business. I'll deal with them how I see fit. As for you, follow me. And so, listen, as we start winding down here, I want you to get this. One of the most immature things you can do when the Lord is dealing with you is ask, what, what about that guy? What, you, what, what did you say to them? What are you gonna, aren't they going to get something? Aren't they going to get it too? Aren't you going to deal with them too? He's going to say, listen, I'm What if I don't? Well, that's none of your business. As for you, follow me. As for you, follow me. And so, I'm telling you today this, as we are trying our best to grow in the Lord, because I'm not satisfied. With where we've been, and I can tell you, and you know this much, that that hey, the last couple of years have been fantastic to this church. And some people would say, like, well oh man, you doubled, and you, you you've got this, you paid off the mortgage, and you blah 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 blah. And somehow, on the inside, I'm not satisfied because we weren't just going after those things and going after bigger numbers. We're going after winning people to Jesus and making disciples. And we ain't there yet. We have not arrived. We have not fulfilled that mission in its entirety. We are called to help people grow up in the Lord. Would you listen to me for, for a second here? I'm telling you today. You have a call of God on your life. Do you believe that? Seriously. You don't like if you don't. Do you believe that you actually have a purpose in this world, that, that you know, you weren't just made, and then like, you know, hey, well, there's another one. It's a boy. It's a girl. No, no. Listen, do you believe that you were put here for an actual purpose? It wasn't an accident or a coincidence? Amen. The saddest thing to see in this life is someone who doesn't fulfill God's plan on I'll take it a step further. A Christian who doesn't even try to figure out what that plan is. And doesn't give it their absolute best to fulfill the call of God on their life. And we have learned this much. You'll never get to God's destination. You'll never get to your promised land if you don't stay in your lane. The only lane that gets to your promised land is your lane that you were called. So I'm challenging you today that as we grow in the Lord, it's not your job to judge everybody else and figure out what their sins are and what they can do better. You should be much too busy working on you to focus on what everybody else is doing. Who's wronged you, who's offended you, who didn't treat you like an absolute little princess today. Or, you know, a king or a queen, whatever. Then knock that off. You will always stay at me. understand that? They murdered Jesus and they said, he didn't even say one more than to bit himself. Some of you, you can't even take somebody not looking at you the right way and you totally melt down. I don't say that to be mean. I say that to help you, man. That's wrong. You got to get better than that. You got to grow better than that. You're never going to get to the promised land if you can't handle some of this stuff. Amen? And so Jesus loves you. God, the father, he had a purpose for your life before. We even created planet Earth. And it's huge, but it ain't never going to happen if we don't grow up and stay in our lane and focus on us. Can we get an amen today? At one point you didn't have a good thing going with God, but you kind of walked away. We know he didn't walk away from you because he wouldn't do that, but let's get real. Sometimes people do walk away from him. We're not here to judge you on that today. We're here to say, Hey, let's fix this thing and get you where you need to be. So you can, he died, that he rose again. Jesus, forgive me for anything wrong I've done. I promise to live for you. Give me the strength. My life is yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, this is my friend Jose right here. He's going to be standing right over here this morning. And if you pray that prayer and you are interested in taking your next steps of faith, and if you're interested in, in having somebody come alongside you and mentor you through the next steps of this, come see Jose here in just a minute when we're praying for people. He'll get your name and number. We will set you up with uh, another mature brother or sister here from church. They'll be your spiritual, personal trainer for the next 30 days. They'll
2: pray for you. They'll text you a devotion, and Bible verse every day. If you've got questions, they'll try their best to answer them. But you'll have a, an absolute personal mentor for the next
1: 30 days. This is huge. Amen. All right. Hey, I'm going to have my prayer team come on up this morning. If you're here and you need prayer for anything at all, uh, we want to pray for you. If you've got uh, any, any situation going on, man, we want to release
0: our faith. You For God to work in your life, in the name of Jesus. Uh, Pastor Josh is going to lead us in the song today. And uh, if you need prayer, come on up. If not, just
1: worship the Lord right there. we need to grow in that area because we're not doing so hot right there. Amen. Do you receive that? Amen. Do you receive that today? Amen. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and, uh, we got a little prayer going on here, but we're going to close things out. We want to remind you that there is service tonight at six o'clock. It's going to be absolutely great. And then of course, service Wednesday and, uh, the, is a great chance to meet other people and, and start to make some friends. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and we are going to close out in prayer and then we will do our Barstow faith confession. Amen. Let's go ahead and bow our heads. Father, in Jesus name, we thank you Lord so much for what we've seen in the word of God today. And Lord, through uh, this, uh, this series that we're doing, Lord, I know that, that, hey, you're stretching us. You're calling us to grow Challenge us. But Lord, that's a really good thing because we don't want to stay where we're at. We want to get bigger and better for you so we can fulfill your call on our lives. Help us remember this word today to stay in our lane and focus on what you have called us to do. We love you and we praise your name today. In the name of Jesus, can somebody say amen?